Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. As bad as I uh, looked running, by the way, I'm still... I still could take more of a hit than Bryce Young. Ah, there you go. Oh, boy. Oh. We made it back here. Bryce Young, real punching bag on this show. It's not, I listen, I'm just saying, like, again, I'm, I'm six foot 190-ish. You got the black jacket. <laughs> <laughs> six foot 200 last time you were yeah. preparing yourself to Bryce. Yeah, yeah. maybe I'm 200. I might be 200. It's been off-season <laughs> fried chicken. But, um, uh, Regular season yeah. fried chicken. <laughs> <laughs> and the post-season of fried chicken, too. I like some fried chicken, what are you going to say? Oh, and drinking. I've been drinking. Fantasy Football Happy Hour with Matthew Berry, served by Applebee's. Happy Draft Week, and welcome to the Fantasy Football Happy Hour. I'm Connor Rogers, alongside Matthew Berry and Jay Croucher, as the offseason of fried chicken continues. Look, we are the happy hour. Like, what do you have during happy hour? You have, like, you know, bar food, right? Some chicken tenders, some fried chicken. Riblets? Honestly, riblets, yeah. I mean, honestly, (laughs) can we talk to our friends at Applebee's? Can we get some of their delicious food right here in the happy hour set? I've just, Stephen, make a note of that. We need to call Mr. Appleby. Yeah. Um, that was the summer of George. Now there's the summer of fried chicken. I, this, fried chicken is really, a, <laughs> a, you know, it's not seasonal. It Literally at 365, you can eat fried chicken. Yeah, it's very, it's, very it's, diverse. It's versatile. Very, it's, it's very tasty. And all you have to do, just, this is like, a, a, like honestly, like, um, and this is just a helpful hint for, um, uh, for anyone that would like to partake in the fried chicken diet the way I do. Just the key is baggy clothes. A lot of people are, like, worried about, like, should, you know, I'm like, you know, what happened? No, but I'm just saying, like, baggy clothes, baggy clothes and dark clothes, you know, and maybe, and and right, I've got a, yeah, and and layering up. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and yeah, if you have bad lighting around you, that's also a good key. So just whatever, those are some helpful hints, and it's a lot easier than exercise. Yes. So just, I'm just, you know, trying to help you out there. That's a slimming effect. Look, uh, just if I can paraphrase a, uh, a very popular country song, like, you can't eat fried chicken all day if you don't start in the morning yeah. so yeah i mean like you start with chicken and waffles maybe do some chicken tenders at dinner and then oh, i'm sorry for lunch and then you know at night you have fried chicken mashed potatoes yeah. you can go to town you can paraphrase and i'll, I'll quote matthew berry fried chicken is very tasty it <laughs> is unquote, put that it on. is very tasty Someone the press fried chicken. And, look anyone anyone that says fried chicken is not very tasty yeah, has never wrong. had fried yeah. chicken yeah. those are bad people. let's be clear all right, it All is right. draft week, <laughs> and yes. we waited a long time for this one from our Roto World headlines. Aaron Rodgers is finally a New York Jet as the Jets and Packers come together. They find a way to get this done. Aaron Rodgers finally in the building. There he is right there at one Jets drive in Florham Park, guys. A lot of excitement, I think, for both sides. I think the Packers are happy this is over, and the Jets are happy that Zach Wilson is no longer their starting quarterback here. 
I'm happy he's wearing <laughs> sleeves. A lot of times he comes into the, you know, you see this shot, it's not always sleeves. Yeah, it was a very uh, modest entrance yeah. for, by Aaron Rodgers standards. Let's see what happens at training camp, though. We, we will see. It's still, look, we knew this was coming. This was rumored for a long time, and then it, you know, it was officially announced. It finally happens. It's still weird. That it's still weird. isn't. I was just saying. It's just. It's still weird to see twelve to see Aaron Rodgers wearing anything but Packers gear, and so uh, it's weird. But I think, thank goodness, this happened, right? I mean, I think it's actually. It's one of those things that actually makes sense for all parties involved. The Packers needed to see what they have in Jordan Love. They needed to move on. They needed to get out from that contract. Rodgers still has good football left in him. The Jets are legitimately a quarterback away from being a Super Bowl contender. They have a great defense. They have a strong uh, core of their offense other than quarterback. And now they've got a quarterback. And you see the trade details right here. Obviously, it does have ramifications on the NFL draft this year as the team swap their first-round picks. Green Bay will now be picking at 13. It'll be interesting to see if that's used on a wide receiver after Aaron Rodgers leaves in Jackson Smith and Jigba. Of course, the Jets now picking 15th. Conditional terms tied to uh, the future 2024. If he plays 65%, of the Jets' snaps, offensive snaps, and that will become a first-round pick for Green Bay. But, Jay, I think the big story at hand is here, before we get to the actual supporting cast Rodgers will be working with, what does this do for Aaron Rodgers in the fantasy world? Because the back-to-back MVPs last year clearly hurt. Supporting cast went downhill. Now he goes into a situation with Garrett Wilson and eventually Brees Hall. Yeah, well, firstly, I've had a few people come up to me on the street saying, congratulations on your Jets. I'm like, my, my Jets? Winnipeg Jets? Connor Hellebuck? Apparently <laughs> <laughs> my Jets. Barely the, my they Jets are your Jets. Out. Yeah, they're Sauce Jets. Gardner Scherzi made plenty they, of yeah, this you, year. you jump around so much you've forgotten which team yeah. you've yes. publicly yes. backed. Okay, I'm a Jets yes, fan. Yes, you uh, are a Jets fan. Yeah, so it's good that Aaron Rodgers is with us now. Um, I <laughs> think us. Like, the thing is, last year, like he was hurt all for a lot of last season. The offensive line was banged up. Bakhtiari was in and out. He didn't have any wide receivers. Romeo Dobbs? Romeo Dobbs is his number one wide receiver to start the season. He effectively. Got hurt. He gets hurt. And then Christian Watson comes on late. But I just don't think that you can write off Rodgers based off last year, but you also can't expect that he's just going to go back to MVP form. You would think that this is a better situation just because Garrett Wilson is such a weapon that he didn't have. So I would expect that Rodgers will be better just with health, with Wilson, with more weapons. Um, but I don't think he goes back to being like a top six, top seven fantasy quarterback. No, I don't, I don't think so either, not even close. I mean, a couple of things here to consider, right? Number one is he doesn't run. Yeah. anymore and so what you need when you if, if you're if you're a non-running quarterback you just need high touchdown velocity to be an elite fantasy quarterback the way that like Joe Burrow and even Joe Burrow runs more than than I think Rodgers will at this stage of his career but like you need to be in the like the 40 touchdown passing range and I just don't see Rodgers doing that based on an offense that honestly still will be a little bit conservative I think it'll be balanced you know between because they have such a strong run game and they also have a really good defense so they're not going to be in shootouts they're going not going to need Rodgers to put up 35, 38 points in a game to win games. Like, they're going to be able to win games 27, 24, right? I mean, so uh, so I think that limits his fantasy uh, upside. I will say there are some positives, right? Nathaniel Hackett. Like, everyone talks about, oh, he's getting Garrett Wilson. He's getting Brees Hall. He's also get you know, he's got Alan Lazard. And we'll talk about that in a second, right? So he's got some, he's got some familiar faces around him and some talent around him. But also Nathaniel Hackett is the new offense coordinator. And so there's at least a shorthand there between Hackett and Rodgers in terms of the kind of plays that they like to call. So it's not just him coming in. You know, obviously, there's a lot of easy comparisons to Favre going to the Jets. 
But the fact is, is that when Favre went to the Jets, it was a completely different offensive system. And, you know, the stories that came out afterwards about Favre, at least on the football field, were uh, that he was just making up plays because he didn't know the playbook, right? And, um, and he got there August 6th, Right, I right exactly. I mean, old, right, yeah. yeah. So here, Rodgers goes into a situation with a coordinator that he's familiar with, that he likes, obviously. And so... I, I think he's a mid-tier QB two yep. that could flirt with QB one upside and the right matchup. I think he's a you know he's a streamable starter. He's you know could be in the top twelve. My initial ranks him at QB fifteen. Again, we'll see how the draft comes out. My my ranks will come out as soon as the draft is over and we've we've sorted everyone out. But in my initial ranks, I'm at QB fifteen right Same now. Same tier as like Geno Smith, Daniel Jones, those types. Yeah, of guys. Jared Goff, like just yeah. slightly ahead of Jared Goff, like right there in that okay. kind of mid-tier. Yeah. How excited are you, Connor? I mean, I, I have Jones zero. a little bit higher. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, the Jets. We're, I'm not, Jets. we're not going to go that far. Fourth there. favorite in the AFC now. I think the win total was only at nine and a half. When the Rogers trade happened, how much did the market move? Well, I mean, it's just we knew it was going to happen. It. <laughs> we knew yeah. it going to happen, so kind of the adjustment was already made. But I mean, they were a team that it's just the leap from not Rogers to Rogers. It's just you go from a team that cannot win the Super Bowl with their present situation to a team that absolutely can now. Like right now on BetMGM, the Jets are the sixth favorite That's for the crazy. Super Bowl. Yeah. They're the fourth favorite in the AFC. So they're they're right there. They're plus seven for the AFC and the Bills plus 500 like it's not that big of a gap yeah, wow. I would just be a little bit concerned that any team that was built on an elite top five defense defense just regresses it's sure. more um, variable year to year whereas you just know what you're going to get out of the Chiefs and the Bills and the Bengals because of Allen Mahomes um, and Burrow so that would be the one thing but the defense the talent is still there they should definitely be a top 10 unit and then it's about the offense so I mean they, they're going to be right there so from a fantasy perspective, it feels like the bigger ramifications are on the players around Aaron Rodgers because there were weeks last year, many weeks, where Garrett Wilson, who won Offensive Rookie of the Year, was held back by Zach Wilson. He had great weeks, with whether it was Joe Flacco, Mike White. Now you look at Garrett Wilson's projection with Aaron Rodgers in year two where he just won Offensive Rookie of the Year. How much of a bump is this for Garrett Wilson? Yeah, the problem is, is that it is a bump. But it sort of doesn't matter, and I'll explain what I mean by that. Like, so I'm at my wide receiver 11 in, my, in my, uh, my current ranks. The issue is is that if you look at sort of early ADP and where he's going, like in, in, uh, in early dynasty drafts, but more importantly, like in best ball drafts that are going on right now, like he's already being drafted like as a top 12 wide receiver. So the upside that's going to be there is already sort of baked in. I don't know much how much higher he can go just because he is one of those buzzy players because of the way he ended the season, because, to your point, Jay, people expected Rodgers to happen. This isn't a shock. You know, we just we knew it was going to happen. It was just a matter of when. And so the, the upside is already sort of baked into his current ADP. But, yes, I think he's a borderline wide receiver one this season. Unbelievable talent and – for all the talk about the connection between Rodgers and Lazard, the fact of the matter is is that Aaron Rodgers is not stupid. And, like, we like Alan Lazard. He's a nice little player. He ain't Garrett Wilson. Garrett Wilson's special. Yeah, and the thing with Wilson that gives you so much confidence is that he was able to do it with so many different quarterbacks and so many below-average quarterbacks, frankly, last year that he had that connection with Mike White. He had it with Joe Flacco uh, earlier in the season. Uh, didn't go so great with Zach Wilson, but he had games there too. So he's just... He is kind of, I think, system-proof. He's just too talented. I think down the list, the guy I'm most fascinated by, if you want to talk about actual bumps, would be Tyler Conklin. 
Sure. Because you look at just the connection Rodgers had with Tunyon, and you think Conklin, not a top 10 tight end in fantasy by any stretch of the means, had some nice weeks last year. But we know Rodgers will lean on a tight end at times, and Conklin's the guy that gets the targets in the offense at the position. Especially in the red zone. Like, again, right, I, it'll be inconsistent, but, like, could we look up a year from now and be like, oh, how? Tyler Conklin had eight touchdowns last year. Yeah. Like, that's, exactly. that's 100% in the, in the realm of possibility there. I want to point this out about Alan Lazard. In his career, he's been, you know, sort of up and down. He's been tied to Rodgers. But last year specifically, when he saw fewer than seven targets, he averaged 9.2 fantasy points per game. So the point says was like, when he's the guy, great. But when he, when, you know, when Christian Watson came on last year, when, you know, they were sort of flirting with Romeo Dobbs, like, again, he was averaging less than 10 fantasy points per game. He actually had under 50 yards in six of those eight games. He does have some touchdown equity because I do think there's a familiarity there and Rodgers will look for him somewhat in the, uh, in the red zone. But to me, he's like, he's like a borderline top 50 wide receiver. Yeah. Like Lazard's a better signing for the Jets from an NFL perspective than he is a fantasy option. I think there's going to be better players in that range that you want to just take a flyer on some rookies and that kind of stuff that then then Lazard. I think Garrett Wilson is where you really want to you know Garrett the the main fantasy beneficiary in the passing game from Rodgers being there is Garrett Wilson. Like he's first and second, yep. and probably third. Yeah. We haven't even mentioned the biggest swing pace on the Jets offense yet and that's Brace Hall. I think who I th- before he went down I thought he was a chance to potentially be a number 1 pick in fantasy yeah. the following year. So We'll see what his health situation is. Looks like he's tracking for week one at this point. Yeah, he did the prehab before the surgery, which usually increases your chances of coming back a little early. I don't think the Jets are going to just take the training wheels no. off week one and go, here's 20 touches. But when you're looking middle of October, can Brees Hall be Brees Hall we saw 80% of last year? Yep. Um, that would be... A by the way, and that's what the acquisition of Rodgers gives you. You don't need to exactly. give him 20. No. Like, they needed to give him 20 touches because the other option was letting Zach Wilson throw it or Mike White or Joe Flacco. And so they're like, we're going to try to hide our quarterback and just run the hell out of the ball with Hall and Carter. Now with Rodgers, they don't need to do that. I'll also say, I don't have a stat for this. I don't have a stat for this. But I think that Aaron Rodgers is an egotistical guy. <laughs> Maybe. And, right? And now he's getting out of Green Bay and he's coming to New York. For the first time in his career, he's playing for a different franchise. And we all know Rodgers loves the media, or doesn't love the media, but certainly loves to needle the media. He's very media savvy. I'll leave it at that. How about that? He's very yeah. media aware and media savvy. And certainly the New York media is an, un- is an animal like any other. All this is to say is just sort of gut call. Aaron Rodgers wants to statistically have a very big year. I mean, we've seen this throughout his career where, like, he gets left off the top 10 of the NFL 100. He's like, all right, screw you guys. I'm going to go win MVP. Yeah. Like, no one has a bigger chip on his shoulder than Aaron Rodgers. So I think, the, I think he's going to want to prove, and it's not just going to be about the Jets winning. It's going to be about Aaron Rodgers had a great year that you look up and the numbers are great. And so they get in close, and, you know, here comes the play. You know, Brees Hall off tackle. He's going to check out of that. I'm like, no, no, no. I'm, uh, I'm going to do it. Gonna, it's, no, or hey, Miko Hardman. I'm just going to do one of those like cheapo pitch, pass. like, pitch no, passes sir. that counts as a touchdown pass. Or Great. you know, like hey, Lazard, like just do a just do a slant, and I'm going to get a I'm going to get a cheap two yard touchdown pass. I do I do think there's going to be some of that. There's going to be some stat padding for 12 this year. Yep, I agree. I think so too. And there's also a little bit of that, you know his amnesty towards Green Bay or whatever it may be, and you wouldn't draft me the first-round wide receiver. Now he's playing with Garrett Wilson. They went out and signed Lazard from the Packers. There'll be a little edge to Rodgers' game There's 100%, uh, 100% an edge. Honestly, like, 
again, you're, you know, we're, we're dissecting a stupid, like, three-second video of him entering camp for the first time. But I will say, for whatever it's worth, right, we've seen that video year after year after year. And a lot of times, like, the hair's shaggy, he's unshaven, yeah. he's wearing a, you know, a, a T-shirt, you know, a, a sleeveless T-shirt, whatever you call it. Um, and, uh, and, and here, like, clean cut, shaven, he's got the glass. Like, he looked, like, he looked... I'm ready for business. Uh, yeah, I've been working out now. Right, I'm exactly. I mean, look, look at like, that's a guy that's like, I'm here to be that bad, bad man. Top Gun, Maverick. right? Exa- yes. That is there you go, a thousand Jay. percent. A hundred percent. Not movie like, reference? Wow. yeah, not like, you know, what, hey, I'm, you know, Some I'm Jake coming Gyllenhaal off of, you know, it's, yeah, I'm coming in off a 10 day ayahuasca bender. Like, no, this is like, hey, man, I am, uh, I am ready to go. Yeah. I am focused. I am, I am laser focused. The thing with Rogers, too, is that. He's been to one Super Bowl in his entire career, and he might be the most talented quarterback of all time. He's not the best because he doesn't have the career. He's only been to one Super Bowl. Right. Like this is a chance for him. This is a real legacy moment for him. Same way it was in a different way for Brady going to the Bucks and winning one without Belichick. Like Rodgers is going to show up this year. He's going to have a great year. One final note I'll drop in too. I think if you have Rodgers in Dynasty, you got a kind of new lease on life. You probably thought you had him for maybe one more season at max. Maybe there's something that keeps Aaron Rodgers playing for two more years. Yeah, I think so. I I would I would sign up for two years of Rodgers. That's yeah. where that's where I think it's going. Especially, we'll see how this year plays out. But and he changes he, his mind a lot. Once in a while. He does. He does. So. Like it'll be a whole story. We'll see how this year plays out. How how it how it goes for the Jets. How he enjoys being in New York and part of the uh, the media circus that is the Big Apple. But um, I agree with you. I think uh, I think kind of reinvigorating Aaron Rodgers' career. So Aaron Rodgers will be ready to go next season. Can't say the same, unfortunately, about Jamison Williams, who has been suspended six games for violating the NFL's gambling policy. As I understand this, guys, the problem was Jamison Williams was gambling within the Lions facility, which is the illegal part by NFL rules of this. If he was not on site, he would be allowed to bet on non-football-related sports. There's a lot of weird ticky-tacky rules with a lot of weird. Gambling. And I, I think I actually think there is a sports book at Ford Field. <laughs> Believe it or not, this is like the Bradbury holding call. <laughs> is. Go across the street to Motor City Casino. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, whatever the rules are, the rules, not and great, he violated them, and yeah. he's suspended for six games. So we're gonna have six games without Jamison Williams. And I think the fact is is that Amon Ross St. Brown had a monster season last year really without Jameson Williams, who played limited snaps all year long. I, I mean, I am at wide receiver seven. I'm on Ross St. Brown. Like, I think he's just going to continue to get massive target share on an offense that we think is, you know, taking another step under Ben Johnson, their offense coordinator, that they were able to keep this offseason. He had almost a 30% target share in his healthy games last season. At least nine targets in 12 of 16 games. I mean, just massive. And so when you think about who else is there without Jameson Williams, it's Marvin Jones, it's Josh Reynolds, it's Khalif Raymond. And obviously, then Amon Ross St. Brown. Yeah, and remember, Hawkinson is in Minnesota. So um, I do think that, you know, if there's a positive to this, it's just going to continue to be massive volume for Amon Ross St. Brown. As for Williams, you know, he's he's one of those, like, barely top 50 lottery tickets. He's going to miss six games, but the talent's off the chart. We think he would be, if he were coming out this year, Connor, he'd be the number one wide receiver taken. Yeah, pretty, I, I think pretty comfortably. Yeah. Um, and so, I, like, like as we were talking about with Alan Lazard, like if I'm in that 40 to 50 range of wide receivers, I'd much rather take a flyer on Jamison Williams as wide receiver four or five for me, and that's fine. 
put him on IR. I'm just going to put him on bench, depending on your league rules, for six games. And then when he comes back, like we've seen, whether it was you know moments with with uh, with Josh Reynolds, we've seen kind of moments of a non Amon Ross St. Brown receiver on the Lions get fantasy have fantasy value. Yep. And the good thing is that he's healthy. So there's no like physical right. ramp up in terms of recovering from an injury. Like he should be good to go when he slots in. Obviously he needs time to acclimate to the offense and all of that. But at the same time we've seen guys, you know, with that talent come in immediately and produce like Olave, like Garrett Wilson, like Jefferson and Chase. Like he is he should be good to go. I mean, we're gonna do a a week two waiver wire show on Josh Reynolds picking him up, and then we're going to do a drop show on week, in week seven on Josh <laughs> right. Reynolds. Like that's already coming. Um, but yeah, it's going to be the sun. But I just, show I just think, I, I think this actually, as it relates to ADP, I just think Jamison Williams will be an afterthought in drafts in August. Yeah, eh, we haven't really seen much of him. He's going to miss six games. The Lions, what? Yeah, and I do think Williams uh, is kind of an interesting sleeper because the talent's off the chart, and it is a team that has no problem chucking it deep, yep. which is what they will do when they get Williams back. Barry, coming out of Combine, in your Rumors article, you had alluded to Javante Williams, how severe that injury was last year, and that the timeline on Javante Williams going into 2023 was a bit questionable. And Broncos GM George Payton said on Javante Williams with the ACL, he'll be back this season at some point, but doesn't know when. This is very, very unclear. How do you even begin to project Javante Williams in the fantasy landscape this year? Ideally, you don't. I mean, like, if I'm doing a best ball draft right now, then sure, by all means. Like, you want to take a flyer and hope that you get more games out of him than not. But we've seen running backs coming back from ACL, and the Adrian Petersons of the world are few and far between. Generally speaking, even like Saquon, like a a physical beast like Saquon, he lost a step. Like, it took him a while to regain that the burst that Saquon had his rookie year. And so my expectation here is that even if Javante Williams comes back, I think there, it's going to be time for him to kind of get back up to speed, if you will. And he's in Denver with a new head coach that didn't draft him. So he's got to sort of earn the trust of Sean Payton and, that, and the new coaching staff. And oh, by the way, Sean Payton traditionally has liked to use multiple running backs. I mean, how many years, would, seasons would we be frustrated we had Alvin Kamara? Alvin Kamara, who was, you know, a, the elite of the elite. And here comes Mark Ingram, you know, or, very, or Taysom Hill or whatever, like, Peyton likes to be creative with his running backs and his running game. And so, to me, Javante Williams is somebody that you draft, you know. Again, hopefully we'll have more clarity as we get into August when drafts actually start. But for me, he's just not somebody, he's like the ultimate lottery ticket. I would much rather have, at ADP, Samaj P. Ryan, who they went out actively signed, who I think is good, who doesn't have the, the name value or the sizzle of Javante Williams, who's healthy... And, you know, he's Peyton's guy. So I just, you know what I mean? Like, I, my guess is that Williams uh, would go ahead of her in the same range of Piran. I think Piran's going to be the better value fantasy-wise this year. I think even regardless of that, I think I'd rather just have Samaje Piran on my team, uh, irrespective of ADP, than Javante Williams. Javante Williams, don't know when he's coming back, don't know what he's going to look like. Piran at least is a proven commodity, and you're pretty confident that you're going to get a good chunk of the first half of the season, at least, where he is the guy. So I might just rather have Samaj P. Ryan on my team. The thing that I heard the Combine from a pretty good source was just like, they're worried he's going to miss the entire season. This is Javante yeah. Williams, like this season. And so, you know, uh, Peyton is saying, like, uh, jo- George Peyton, you know, the, the general manager is saying, like, no, we'll be, he'll be back this season. We just don't know. When. But that could be week 17. Yeah. That could be, hey, first round of the playoffs. Like, we, we just have no idea. The fact that there is 
quote-unquote, no timetable for his return, which is what he's basically saying, that has to, you know, kind of freak you out a little bit. And to add to that, they're in a division with the Chiefs. The Raiders are going to be better, we think, and, of course, the Chargers. What if he's ready, say, first week in November, and they're out of it? Why are you running Javante Williams into the ground with a season that's already over for you? Yeah. There is a very real chance Javante Williams has no significant impact on this, on this fantasy season. Yep, 100%. So, so we'll be keeping an eye on that. More news on the injury front. Tua Tungabailoa said he considered retirement after suffering multiple brain injuries in 2022. While obviously we're hoping the best for Tua as he continues to play, this also fuels the Tom Brady buzz again when asked <laughs> about coming out of retirement and playing Tom for the Brady. Dolphins at a conference. Not a Matthew Berry-hosted party, a conference. <laughs> Tom Brady did not directly answer the question. Yeah, I, do we have that? Do we have the? Do we have that video of him? No, him? we are not going to show that. But... Around it. I will tell you this: like, so w- when I interviewed Tom Brady, my buddy, my <laughs> BFF, Tom yeah. Brady, when I interviewed Tom Brady, what I will tell you, I asked him that direct question. I just said, like, is there any chance we see you this year? Like, I didn't ask him the direct Miami question, but I said, is there any chance we see you this year? And he was just like, no, you know, oh, because okay. he had said something like, here's how, here's how it actually played out. So Gronk is on the stage as well. So the, the party that I did uh, through autograph with, uh, with Tom Brady also had Leonard Fournette and Rob Gronkowski, Buster Share. Before was, after you mossed Gronk. Uh, yeah, this, this is was, before, this right? This before I mossed Okay, Gronk. so the vibes yeah. were still immaculate. And so uh, <laughs> I'm a, a shout out to my buddy Buster Share, who's a great collector. But, um, but no, in terms of football players, it was Gronk and Fournette and Brady and um, and so we were talking about Gronk, and I mentioned something about Gronk, and, and he, you know, and, and Gronk was, you know, they were going back and forth on stage. It was fun. And, uh, you know, we were like, Gronk, is there any chance you're coming out of retirement? You know, and he's just like, nah, nah, you know, I'm, I'm having fun. And Brady said, well, you know, you could still play. You know, so Brady, like, sort of, you know, making fun of Gronk. Like, you know, you still could play. And to which I turned to Tom and said, well, so could you, you know, and got a good reaction from the crowd. And he's just like, no, 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 you know. And, and I said, Tom, is there any chance at all that we see you on a football field this year? Any chance? And he just, he's just like, no, no chance. Uh, he goes, listen, uh, the quote he said was, it was a beautiful quote. He just said, look, my kids have spent a lot of time watching me on the field. It's time for me to watch them on theirs. And so, you know, just you know, in essence, basic saying he wants to spend more time with his family, more time with his kids in the sports that they, and watching them play the sports that they play. Never say never, I suppose. The other vibe I got from him, like, because I asked him how retirement was going, and he says it hasn't hit me yet. He got, you know, he's like, when it's really going to hit me is like in August when all my buddies are reporting, you know, he's like, right now is, is usually a fairly slow time for me. So he's like, as we get closer, I'm sure that's when it's going to hit me and like, I'm going I'm to miss, you know, the routine. So, could you see a scenario where he starts missing the routine and, you know, Stephen Ross, the owner of the Dolphins, makes him some crazy offer that he can't re- refuse? Sure, I suppose so. But I did think, I thought a lot was made out of that moment uh, at, at the conference where I know he didn't directly say no, but... The tough thing with I Miami I, is... I, that I think it is more likely than not that Tom Brady does not play this year. Yeah. That's what I will say. Indeed. And the tough thing with Miami is that they're going to go into the season with Tua as the starter. If Tua is... Comp- if he gets hurt again, it's going to be in a game, you would think. And so is Tom Brady just going to upend his life in the middle of the season to come quarterback for yeah. the Dolphins in Week 7? It just doesn't... Like, this kind of stuff. Show. There's been a lot of talk about... I mean, there was talk about, like, Breeze going back to the Saints or Phil Rivers yeah. coming in for the Colts. Like, it just, it just seems to never materialize for good reason. Well, and by the way, the other thing is, is about Mike McDaniel. And Brady's a different animal, right? But 
But you think about the playoff game against the Bills this last year. Tua wasn't able to play. Teddy Bridgewater was cleared to play, but they still went with Skylar Thompson. And the reason McDaniel said is, is like basically, unless they can practice all week, like two, like Bridgewater got cleared, like I think in Wednesday or Thursday of that week. And even though Bridgewater was much more the experienced quarterback than Skylar Thompson, who was a you know day three pick and a rookie quarterback at that, he still wanted to go with Skylar Thompson because the way McDaniel's was like, I need somebody that's here the whole time. So. Again, Brady's a different animal, but is he going to want to, right to your point, like all of a sudden it's week 10 and like, hey, Tom Brady, can you yeah. get off your couch and come save our season or something like that? I, I find it hard to believe. I think they're committed to, to a tongue of Iowa. And by the way, not for nothing, I think that like Mike McDaniel might kind of have the attitude of like, I can scheme up anyone. He was a couple of like... Uh, He's a couple of dumb penalties away from beating the Bills in Buffalo There's with Skylar Thompson. Yeah, one deep old Tyreek Hill, and they win that game and eliminate the Bills as, like, 14-point dogs. I, I mean, like, you know, Skylar Thompson played pretty well. Like, he coached those guys up. Like, they almost went into Buffalo and beat the Bills with Skylar Thompson. And so, uh, you know, anyway, as for Tua Tungavailoa, we hope for the best. I think, for me, I know I've gotten a lot of questions about him from a dynasty perspective when this news came out that he considered retirement. He's obviously, you know, it's been a really tough year for him. Is there concern about him from a dynasty perspective? For me, I say no. Again, you never know what's going to happen with a player's career, and his health is the most important. So I would, to the extent Tua's watching this, hey, Tua, like, you know, uh, if, you know, doctors are recommending you call it quits, please call it quits. We, We all pray for your health. But I think about some players... Matthew Stafford, and again, it wasn't concussions, but Matthew Stafford early in his career kept getting hurt, and everyone was like, Matthew Stafford can't stay healthy. And then it was just like, he just got unlucky, right? Or Brandon Cooks. There was concern about Brandon Cooks, who had a number of concussions early in his career, and they were like, he's Brandon Cooks. A lot of the conversation that's happened around Tua, and no, and he hasn't had one since. It's been, a, you know, been quite a few years, I believe, since, since Cooks last suffered a concussion. So I get it. I just I sort of feel like it's... It was just a weird, fluky year, and the NFL continues to make progress in protecting quarterbacks, protecting all their players, uh, you know, especially from head injury. Yeah, I think there's one aspect of, well, he could just be one hit away and then it just might be over. There's also the other aspect where it's not like every quarterback is like a 15% chance to get concussed every week. Like, it's pretty rare that you get a hit that bad. And I think there is also with Tua, I think he's talked about there's a technique aspect to it as well that he's working on improving. And, yeah, you just pray that there's not going to be the bad luck that he had this year, um, which was scary. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 
21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Staying with the theme of today's show, which is AFC East quarterbacks, Josh Allen said the Bills need to put Gabe Davis in better situations in 2023. More specifically, Allen said the team should put Davis into more catch-and-run situations rather than using him strictly as boundary and downfield pass catcher. Jay, would you agree with that? I just think they need to run a bit more of a scheme in general in Buffalo. It just seems like, can you stop just telling Josh to put the Superman cape on and go and do stuff? It does seem a lot of like that. A lot of watching, sitting around and waiting for Josh to do something ridiculous. Yeah. Backyard Watch, football. Yeah. yeah. What's the, the Chiefs offense and everything that is schemed up for Kelsey and McKinnon and everything there compared to what the Bills were doing, particularly in the playoff game against the Bengals, where it seemed like they had no idea what was going on. And so the talent is there with Gabe Davis. He was banged up all last season, which is the thing to always remember with these guys. Like, Gabe Davis is one who was injured all year. Ramondre Stevenson was another guy who's just on the injury report all the time. Like That has to be factored in when these guys aren't right. And so when you just think about the talent and the fact that they need him to produce, uh, we would expect a better season from Gabe, but I can understand why managers would... Uh, well, you see it there on your screen, right? You see it there on your screen. Those are numbers that's, that basically back up what Josh Allen said, right? You know, uh, like a 15.3-yard average depth of target, which was highest among all wide receivers in the NFL, right? But a 51% catch rate, which was the lowest among qualified wide receivers. 47%, almost half of his targets last year, came on deep passes, 15 or yards more downfield. So to Josh Allen's point, like they just, they basically just used him as a deep threat and he's got a lot more to his game. And to your point, Jay, one of the things that came out of the combine that I thought was fascinating, both, you know, we knew he was banged up, right? And I think he missed one game off the, off the top of my head. But both Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott at their press conferences, I, I specifically asked both guys about Gabe Davis, you know, because going into last year, there was all this, you know, optimism after the four touchdown game against the Chiefs in the, in the playoffs, whatever, two seasons ago, and sort of what happened. And both said to them, both said, you know, in separate things, like, well, you know, he suffered that high ankle sprain. And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah high ankle sprain, and I went back and I looked at all the news reports, and at the time, it was just reported that he had an ankle injury, and that he'd hurt, you know, like a little bit, like he was a little bit banged up, but a high ankle injury for any player, but especially a speed-wide receiver, is significant. So the fact that he didn't miss much time tells you just how hobbled out there that he was if he legit had a high ankle sprain, which is which is usually a four- to six-week injury, Connor. Yeah, yeah absolutely. The, the game that he missed was week two against the Titans. So he did it early, and so he would have been dealing with it the whole season. Lingering. So I think it's a huge caveat for his year. Right, and you, you're, if you continue to play on it, you're not getting better. Yes. There you go, Dr. Maddie for you right there. But I'm just, that's, just so you know, <laughs> that's Dr. what Maddie. happens. Yeah, yeah. Dr. Dr. Fried, Maddie. Dr. Fried Chicken. Dr. Fried Chicken. <laughs> Everyone's anyway, favorite I would, doctor. I would, I would go see Dr. Fried Chicken. By the way, that's a... I do not steal it, any of you animals. I'm going to copyright that. That's my new fast, free, food, fast food chain that I'm going to start. Dr. Fried, fried Chicken. The logos are endless possibilities. Yeah, exactly. Steven yeah. said they're working on it. Okay, yeah. good. Fried chicken. Doctor, Intravenous yeah. drip of Maybe, fried chicken. How about Applebee's? Can we make that a meal? The Dr. Fried Chicken platter? Yes. Yeah, the Dr. Fried Chicken's fried chicken platter or something Wings, at Applebee's. Chicken tenders, buffalo chicken bites, <laughs> the whole spread. Popcorn chicken. Come on now. Let's go. Let's eat good in the neighborhood. Come on, Applebee's. Let's make this happen. This is free consulting for you, Applebee's. I'm here all day. All right. So one more lingering effect of this. The Athletics' Joe Buscaglia, he does a great job covering the Bills. He does. He's covered them for a long time. Long time. He believes the Bills will take a wide receiver 
in the first round, that would have an interesting effect on Gabe Davis' projection because a first-round wide receiver for Buffalo, I mean, with the balance of Diggs, the balance of a little bit Dawson Knox, but obviously the balance of Gabe Davis and that first-round player would really change things, I think, for him. I guess. I don't know. Not From really for me. I, I, who's the wide receiver? I guess is, is what, yes. you know, like, exactly. Yeah. Like, is it a slot guy? Because, you know, they, they try to, you know, and I th- actually think they have something in the Shakur. But, I um, do, too. You know, but the fact of the matter is, is whether it was, you know, they brought back Cole Beasley last year towards the towards the end of the year. They ha- they planned on Jamison Crowder. He gets hurt in preseason. So they just, they didn't really have a great solution at the slot. And so if they dropped a, a slot guy, you know, then I'm not worried about it. If it doesn't they doesn't take him off the field. Right, it doesn't yeah. take him off the field. Like, it's, the way that offense runs is that it's it's Diggs and Davis on the outside always for the majority of the routes. So I'm I'm actually... I actually sort of hope they draft a wide receiver because that's going to depress Gabe Davis's ADP even more. I can't, I can't quit Gabe Davis. It's, it's fried chicken and Gabe Davis. Those are the two things I can't quit. I love them both. I love them both. It is what it is. Oh, boy. Mike Williams uh, East lives on. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I just, I just, you guys know, Gabe Davis is one of my guys. I love Gabriel Davis. What can I tell you? Uh, one thing is that, so Joe Biscali says they're going to draft a wide receiver. The Bills, they use their first pick on a wide receiver as plus 390. So if Joe Biscali is saying that, but that's just a bet. Like, just, you just go off <laughs> of that, plus value. 390. That's just too big. Who would they take? Pick 27 if they're going to use a first-round pick. Um, so, it would probably not Quentin Johnson, right? I mean, JSN should be gone. JSN will be gone. Save flowers. I, I was going to save this for the end, but let's get to now. I'm convinced the Bills are moving up in this draft. Okay. Ooh. So, because if you're taking a wide receiver, right, you look at the landscape. The Giants at 25 might be taking a wide receiver. Chargers, Ravens, maybe. Yeah. I, I think they'd rather get up and get the number. Now, JSN, that offense would be unbelievable. I don't think they can get there to right. get them. Green Bay at 13, uh, New England at 14, Jets at 15, all JSN territory, if not earlier. But I think if they want size, Quentin Johnson, probably have to get ahead of the Giants. If they want a slot, Zay Flowers from Boston Zay, College. Zay Flowers is pretty interesting. That would be the one Zay that Flowers. Fits. Zay Flowers on the Bills would mm. be 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 pretty interesting. That's the That'd fit that fun. makes the most sense. It's like the, yeah. the wide receiver parallel to Bajan on the Bengals. That'd be fun. Yeah, yeah. so be uh, a lot of fun. I, what's weird is, and Joe does a great job, and he's certainly much more tied into the Bills than I am. But like one rumor I kept hearing was like that they want to do a tight end because it's a really, I mean, again, it's, great they, tight end had, class. it's a great tight end class, and you know they've gotten some out of Knox, but you know, you know whether they would give them a, two two tight end sets and they could you know mix and match, and Knox has dealt with injuries as well. I don't know. Could be, that would be interesting too. Like, right, still you know, pass one of the, catcher. Right, I mean, exactly. That's my point. Is it get one of those? Best of both. Yeah, I don't know. So plus eleven hundred. Huh? Plus eleven hundred to take a tight end. All right. Yeah. Back both. Plus three ninety. Get a pass yeah. catcher. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Endorsed. One more note in the AFC here, guys. The Chiefs uh, GM Brett Beach said the team still loves free agent Jarek McKinnon. Beach has also said they're going to wait till after the draft to make a decision on Clyde edwards elaire's fifth year option. So besides Isaiah Pacheco. A lot of mystery in the Chiefs' backfield right now. It is, and it also sort of doesn't matter. Right? <laughs> let me know who's back there. Yeah, and then we'll, I mean, like, and that, that, the guy, that guy will have fantasy value. And it could I, be through the draft. It could be. It could be through the draft as well. It feels. I'm surprised the Jarek McKinnon thing hasn't happened yet. Like he's been a good fit on that team. Yeah, he played he great go? in the playoffs. He was great last year for them. He was great, especially not just fantasy-wise, but he was great down the stretch for Mahomes as an option out of the backfield, especially when you think about how many of the pass catchers on that team have left the team. And I get it. Again, as long as you have Kelsey and Mahomes, it sort of doesn't matter. Like, you know, 
I know they're excited about Kadarius Tony. I know they're excited about Sky Moore. Year year two of each of those guys in Kansas City. Obviously, Tony is a year three player, but um, I, you know, feels doesn't feel like there's a massive market for McKinnon, and you know. That that just feels like I don't know why it's taking so long yeah. to get done. It feels like he's got a lot more value to the Chiefs than, than any other team because of the rapport that he had right. with Mahomes. Uh, what price, Connor, that uh, Clyde Edwards Lair gets that fifth year option picked up? It's surely it's not going to happen. I don't is think it? that's happening. No, no, it well, doesn't make any sense. No, I mean, well, as long as we're talking about doesn't make any sense. By the way, the oh, Commanders, oh, my oh, Commanders did not pick up the oh. fifth year option on Chase Young. Like what the hell? That could be the next Josh Jacobs, not. <laughs> Hey, or you know, Daniel Jones. Or Daniel Jones, where you're like, wait a minute, why didn't we do this? I don't – so first off, by the way, if you go back to that draft, if you go back to that draft, the commanders had the number one pick. They were called something else then. But they, they, they had the number one pick, but then they, the Miami game, the stupid Miami game, which they win, like, because they won the Miami game. And as a result of winning the Miami game, like, the dumbest thing in the world, could you have just lost that game? They had the number two pick, so the Bengals get Joe Burrow. So, again – the commanders, who are once again hoping that they have something in Sam Howell, we've had to suffer through two years of, of you know, Carson Wentz and Taylor Heineke and everything. Like, we could have had, should have had, Joe Burrow. But no, we had to beat Miami in a meaningless game in that year. And now, what are, and everyone's just like, all right, well, we missed out on Joe Burrow, but Chase Young, Chase Young could be LT. He could be, like, this dominant defensive yeah. player. And now we're not picking up his fifth-year option. I get that he's been hurt, but whatever. He's really good. He's really good. He is really, really good. It's really baffling to me. And, wait, and, and not only that, like, even if you're sick of him, you're, I don't know I don't know what's going on. You know what I mean? But even if there's a – for whatever reason, you guys don't believe he fits the, the culture, the scheme, or whatever, he's a valuable trade asset. Like, pick up the fifth-year option, and then you can – You have options. Then you have options. Mm. Then you can trade him. Like, I just – I don't – I don't. He was New ownership can't come quick enough. He was defensive rookie of the year. His rookie season, then he got hurt, and now we're here. <laughs> I just don't understand. You like, waited. not enough has changed you for him not to be. So like, he was a, a generational prospect, wasn't he? He was viewed as a Miles Garrett yeah. prospect. Right. Yeah. I mean, same. Yeah. Right. That's the tier we're talking like, about. Yeah, here. generational. Like, like, you know, just an elite, elite yeah. player at a position of need. In a non Joe Burrow year, he goes number one overall every single time. It's just right. Joe Burrow was in that class yeah. after one of the greatest college quarterback seasons. And they're not picking up his fifth year. Like, yeah, very I gotta, Washington. As soon as we're done, I'm calling J.P. Finley, <laughs> our our, uh, our colleague down at NBC Sports in Washington who covers that team. He does a great job. J.P. will know the story. How's the minority the, stake the situation what? going? The, I hope to get a minority stake in the franchise. Uh, conversations are ongoing. Okay. Conversations are ongoing. I'm try- they haven't, the part of the problem is, is that there hasn't been declared a winner yet. Like, mm. the, it looks like the Harris group is in the lead, if you will. But the, you know, the Canadian billionaire whose last name I can't pronounce yet, I apologize, especially if you end up <laughs> winning the bid because I'm going to suck up to you desperately to try to get in. But, um, uh, yeah, he, he, you know, he was on CNBC. I think, I think he was on CNBC Squawk Box uh, a couple of days ago saying, like, I'm still alive. Like, it's between, <laughs> like, and meaning to get the, to, he's still alive to get the, uh, to get the bid. Like, they haven't. There's been a bid submitted, but it hasn't been a... Anyway, so there has yet to be a winner declared, so... It's very Geno Smith. They wrote me off. I didn't write back. I'm still alive. I'm still alive. That's the ownership. Right. He's meaning he's still alive in the bid to acquire the commanders. So we'll see. I don't know. A couple more running back contract updates here. Jonathan Taylor said he'd be willing to play out the final year of his deal without an extension. 
Giants GM Joe Shane said nothing's changed since we talked at the owners' meetings when asked about Saquon Barkley's contract status. And the Raiders, their GM Dave Ziegler said running back Josh Jacobs has not signed his franchise tag and will not participate in the voluntary offseason program. Yeah, Tyler is an interesting one. I feel like Tyler has kind of been forgotten a little bit um, because of the the shocking season the Colts had and the fact that he was banged up. I mean, it was just 2021 when he had one of the greatest running back seasons of all time. Five and a half yards per carry. Behind, by the way, the offensive line was bad that year as well. It's not like it just got bad this year. It was bad that year too. So, I mean, he could easily be the best running back in football this year and he'll be playing for the Colts. Yeah, 100%. We'll see what the Colts do at the quarterback position for this year. I think this is a lot of sort of off-season noise. Like, we'll see if we get to August and they're still holding out. But... Uh, I guess the one I would be more worried about is Jacobs than Barkley. Feels like, again, Barkley, the, you know, the Giants are, first off, he got paid well in his, his rookie deal, and he's had an up and down, both guys, right? Both Jacobs and Barkley had up and down first, you know, handful of seasons in the NFL, and going into, um, you know, with the Giants, with the optimism, and, you know, they made the playoffs, they won a game, you know, day ball, feels like Barkley, that'll get figured out. That'll get figured out. The Jacobs one makes me a little bit more nervous. But on the other hand, I sort of feel like, you know, for somebody like Josh Jacobs, who I believe was draft pick 26th, yep. so his rookie deal was not like a top five guy like Barkley's was. And now you're going to a, you know, like, you weren't great. You know, the first couple, right? I mean, like, you had a big year last year. I think once you start missing games and paychecks, it feels like it gets a little more real. The bottom line in this CBA world is for running backs, this is the only leverage you have. You can wait to sign your tender, your tag. You can not go to OTAs. When training camp starts and you start getting fine, fine significant money, when it's your chance in that part of your career to make money, I mean, Le'Veon Bell's an interesting case to go back to because he eventually got paid, but there's just not going to be a lot of situations like that where the yep. holdout ultimately works for you in the long run because teams do not – Pay running backs like that, but anymore. and I'd have to go back and look at the math. But he he gave up thirteen million dollars, you know, with the Steelers to go to the Jets, and I don't know how much of that money was guaranteed. And like, I wonder if like, if you you know you sort of do the back of the math, like if he really actually how much quote, of a how win? much how much of a win was that? And certainly from a career standpoint, like leaving leaving the the Steelers, where he was the focal point of the offense, to go to the Jets, which at that time were a mess and had a bad offensive line, and just. Le'Veon Bell went from being, you know, one of the elite players in the NFL to irrelevant very quick. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 
21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. All right, it is time for our draft preview brought to you by Xfinity. The biggest sports moments deserve a connection. You can count on streaming live sports is better with the Xfinity 10G network. Guys, we will be on this desk covering the NFL draft, covering all of night one of the NFL draft. So we have to get into a little preview before we do that. I've been ranking players for 11 months. That is way too long. I finally have a top 300 on NBC Sports Edge. But let's just start a little easy here with the appetizer. That is the top 10 here, fellas. Okay, so this is is your big board here. Now, describe to me what your big board is. Is this... If, if you were in charge, this is how you've ranked the players, not how you think they'll be drafted. Exactly. This, this is, is how, how I, this based is how on you rank value, them. talent, right. just overall actual if football you were the, drafting. If you were the general manager of an NFL franchise, like if I am able to weasel my way into <laughs> yes. the commander's ownership this is, group. This is what I would be influencing. And then, I, and then through some sort of a magical Game of Thrones kind of maneuvership, I suddenly become in a position of power. Yeah, right. Then I, I like hire this. you as a general yes, manager. This is going in a good direction. I hire you as our general manager. And I said, "All right, run our draft room for you. This is if, if this had happened this season, this is what would have would have come out, right? This is our this is your top ten prospects. Your your big board, absolutely, yeah, because you obviously factor in positional values. Do I think Bijan Robinson is going to go in the top five of this draft? No, but is he going to be one of the five best players to come out of this draft? Absolutely. So you things like running back and tight end, as much as you have one of each in there, you don't think they're going to be taken that early. But you look at." Obviously, the quarterback class, a lot of talent. Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud both in the top ten. I'm still buying that C.J. Stroud is going to go in well, the top five of this draft despite being kind of thrown off the plank yeah, here for no reason. I would love to – right. So, I'm curious about – I mean, so, Bijan, we all think he's like a – he's a, just a top five talent, obviously. But, you know, the, the NFL devalues running back. So, positional scarcity or positional value obviously goes into how teams – Put their uh, put their board together, their draft board together. But let's talk a little bit about C.J. Stroud, who you have at eight. You have him as the number two quarterback out of this class. There are rumors going around uh, that Will Levis will go second. Um, there's a rumor going around that Will Levis will go first, started by some random dude on Reddit, and then all of a sudden the odds like go crazy. Yeah, plus one fifty yesterday to go first, Will Levis. Right, Will it Levis was is plus, not going it was, first. It was Bryce Young. It was plus four thousand yeah. like two days ago yeah. for Will Levis to go first overall, and now it's yeah. plus one fifty yeah. because of it some was, random yeah. dude on Reddit said he heard from a friend that yeah. Will Levis is telling people that the Panthers are taking him one. Yeah, it's how unbelievable. Does, but how does this happen, though, right? Like, honestly, I'm curious from somebody that has such a good perspective of odds in the sports book and how they're made or how they could take a life of their own. Hmm. I mean, it is draft week, Jay. We have been told Bryce Young is going to be the number one pick for how many weeks now? Will Levis was not even viewed as in this conversation like, how do we get here? Well, there's two things. So, one, if you're betting on, like, an NFL line, like a spread during the season, you've got to bet five figures to move the line. If you're betting NFL draft stuff, you might, like, a sharp better might bet $125 and the price just collapses okay. because traders are, they're moving off of, they're jumping at shadows because no one knows what is real, what is not. And so, as soon as someone bets, you just move the price straight away um, because you don't want to be the trader who laid uh, 100 grand on Will Levis to go one and then he ends up going one. You're just scared and, uh, Setting odds scared is how you get these ridiculous price movements. So Will Levis, I mean, he got all the way into plus 150. Now he's back out to plus 500. Bryce Young is going one. The Carolina Panthers did not trade everything that they traded to go up and take Will Levis, who on some people's boards is like the fourth or fifth quarterback. Like it just makes, it would absolutely floor me. Like nothing is impossible in the draft. It would have seemed ridiculous at a point last year that Trayvon Walker was going to go number one, but... 
For Will Levis goes one, I give up. Like Bryce yeah. Young's going one. Yeah, it is. It sounds like the the, the plot of Draft Day, which yes. we talked about. And I, I still want to do a podcast where we just do nothing but break down Draft <laughs> we Day. We might have the time for that. And, and all uh, just everything that's wrong with it. But where are you on C.J. Stroud? That's the other thing. Is that that the rumors are Levis is moving up? Even if Bryce Young goes one, taking the weird Reddit thing out. But even if Bryce Young goes one, right, there is there are arguments that the Texans might not take a quarterback at two. They might take Will Levis at two instead. Um, there's talk that Anthony Richardson might go ahead of Stroud. There's some negativity around Stroud. Feels like feels weird to be candid. Very uh, feels weird and on some test and weird and on, on some levels personal. Yes. Um, but where are you? Like again, if you're running an NFL team and Bryce Young's off the board and a quarterback's there. You're taking C.J. Stroud? Yes. It's a. It's just borderline no-brainer is what I would call it in this draft. Stroud is an excellent quarterback prospect. He's accurate to all three levels of the field. He has poise in the pocket. He's been highly productive. He's played well in big games. He's got athleticism that he knows he needs to unlock at the next level a little bit more. So I think there's two things here, right? Maybe Stroud isn't going number two overall. And I do believe the Texans might not even take a quarterback number two overall. It doesn't great. mean C.J. Stroud just falls off the face of the earth. The team could come into three. The pick Arizona would love yep. to trade and take him. How often have we heard the Colts connected to Will Levis to the point where you just stop believing it? I mean, you're telling me Chris Ballard told everybody that Will Levis is going to be a Colt at four when there's been no hype around Stroud. When you just watch the tape, Stroud is levels better than Will Levis, levels ahead of Anthony Richardson. I think I still think Stroud is going between the third and fifth pick so of this draft. on that, you can bet on the second quarterback to be drafted if we assume Bryce Young is the first one. CJ Stroud is plus 250, and Will Levis is minus 275. I think that's, that's gone way too far, and Stroud I love is that now bet. the yeah. better plus 250. At I think plus the, 250, yeah. I, I would absolutely put money down on CJ Stroud to be QB2 going. Yeah. I think the way this draft unfolds, and you touched on it, like Bryce goes one, it, it, the Real buzz and momentum now is that Houston are going to take a defensive player too, um, that they're not sold on the quarterback class. That's, it looked like it was going to be Levis. Now it looks like it's going to be Tyree Wilson, who they seem to like more than Will Anderson. The other buzz is that Arizona, they can't, no one wants the trade-up for three, so they might be stuck with the pick. I still think there's a chance that a team would trade-up for Stroud if he's there at three. But Tennessee. otherwise... Yeah, it looks like it's going to be Will Anderson or potentially Paris Johnson Jr. as the other guy who's been mocked there a bit. And then if it gets to four and all the quarterbacks are still there, I think the Colts will take Stroud as well. I think so too. Yeah. 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 So I think Stroud goes four. Yeah, no, I like that call. I like it a lot. I certainly like betting him as QB2 at plus 250. Let's go back to your big board here, Connor. Talk to me about uh, some of the offensive players here as we look at your sort of the, the future starts now. These are some guys that fantasy players will be drafting come August. Who jumps out at you? I mean, Bijan's the big right. name here, obviously. But talk to me a little. And I think we all know, like, he's just a stud, and it's just a matter of where he where he lands. But he's going to be a fantasy superstar from moment one. Talk to me a little bit about a couple of pass catchers there and Michael Meyer and JSN. Yeah, I think when you look at JSN, he, he gets compared a lot to Amon Ross St. Brown. I'll throw it a little okay. even further. There's Cooper Cup in his game. Wow. And everybody goes, oh, he only plays in the slot. Well, how do some of the greatest players in the NFL win right now from the slot? Justin sure. Jefferson does it. Cooper Cup does it. Yeah. Amon Ross St. Brown does it. C.D. So Lamb does it. C.D. Lamb does yep. it. And you look at some of the Eights. projections. Okay, so uh, there yeah, we go. So some of the projections yeah. for JSN, whether it is Green Bay with Jordan Love, whether it is in New England, whether it's with the Jets and reunited with Garrett Wilson, there are landing spots for JSN in this draft where he's going to be able to feast and be a target monster in the middle of the field. He catches everything. He's got an excellent release package to win in his routes. So 
the floor with JSN out of the gate next year as a rookie is very, very high for me. And the same could be said about Michael Meyer. Despite rookie tight ends not producing, you could trust him in line. He's played everywhere. He's played off the line of scrimmage in the slot. He plays big. Really, Pat Fryermuth is what I see with Michael Meyer. Somebody that just understands how to win in the red zone. He's a first down machine. I think he's got 89 first downs over the last two years. That is constantly moving the chains and being a quarterback safety blanket. So those two, they're just quarterback helpers. And if you're in a PPR format, those are two guys that you could trust on even as rookies. One thing I'll just say about JSN, and this is, again, like, you know, there's a lot been made about sort of Ohio State quarterbacks and the lack of their success so far. And like, hey, do we get to count Joe Burrow or not? You know, like there's a lot of that, right? <laughs> and the answer's no. Uh, right, right, exactly. <laughs> but... Ohio State wide receivers. No, I mean, like so. you know, you know, whether it's Chris Olave or Terry McLaurin. I mean, just like Ohio, like it's when insane. you when you produce at Ohio State as a wide receiver, like that's as to me, like that in Alabama, like those are two guys that you you know that you feel like that just has a pedigree that uh, you feel very excited about. I'm excited about JSN at the next level. Let's talk a little bit about some of the other wide receivers you have here. How about Jordan Addison and Jamar Gibbs, two guys that maybe people aren't as familiar with Connor. Yeah, I think when you look at Addison, the question people will have is when you are 170-something pounds and you don't run in the four threes, you run in the four fours, can you still go in the first round, right? So when you look at him, though, he's always open. Another guy that wins at all three levels, his drop rate when he transferred from Pitt to USC and started playing with Caleb Williams went significantly down. He's an excellent punt returner. He won the Balikinoff as a sure. sophomore at Pitt playing with Kenny Pickett. So Addison's somebody that I think he could play inside and outside. You just have to be comfortable with the size. But he will go in the top 40 of this draft. And there are some landing spots for him, maybe somewhere like the Chargers, where mm, there's a lot of targets for him out of the gate. Jameer Gibbs, to me, I mean, he is really that third Cook brother. Uh, Dalvin, James, the outside burst. Uh, his acceleration is as good as I've ever seen. He's just small. He's a smaller guy. He's going to play around 190. So does he get 20 touches a game out of the gate? I don't think so, but he's an excellent pass catcher. He's got home run hitting ability. He's going to be a very, very popular dynasty pick because – He's going to be a first-round running back, and he's worthy of that. All the attention has been on Bijan, but Gibbs is a talent that he really reminds me of Dalvin Cook and as both a runner and a pass catcher. Fantastic. Well, again, it's all, for, for somebody like Gibbs, it is about landing spot. Will he get to a team that will know how to use him right, that will use him in all three phases of the game, and also allow him to um, uh, you know, be, a, be more a part of a – sorry, more a part of the passing game Pray for the well. Bengals. But, yeah. Yeah. Pray for the Bengals. Yeah. No, he'd, he'd be amazing on the – and Will, you know, what's his competition as well uh, there. Um, can Darno Washington be a fantasy factor? It's a great question because he's the guy that is the big blocker. He's like a sixth offensive lineman. But he did play with the best tight end in the country in Brock Bowers that limited his chances. And when you just watch the targets he got, this dude is different. And it's not just the combine workout. The one-handed catches, the red zone ability, jumping over – defenders in the open field. So I think with Darnell Washington, he's going to have to be one of those guys in fantasy that you need the eight touchdowns from, right? Right. He's not going to get eight targets a game. He's not going to be a guy that's constantly getting 60 to 70 yards. But can he score in half of his games? Maybe not year one, but long term, I think he can. How many guys are 6'7", 265, and are like in the 98th percentile of agilities? No. That, that's a different On this dude. table, none of us. <laughs> yeah. None of that uh, combined. Yeah, yeah, right. even, yeah. Uh, yeah, but right, exactly. Just big body part. Will he go to a team that will use him in the red zone and, and use and use that size and ability? Speaking of size and ability, let's talk about Quentin Johnson, who uh, the last time on your mock draft you had going to the Giants because of the size and the, and the vertical threat. You still like that? I really do. That's the one I'm fixated on, and it makes me wonder, do teams know that and feel like they have to get ahead of the Giants to get him? 
The Giants have had the private visit with him. They've done the dinner with him. You look at all their wide receivers are like five foot nine, and, and sure, you know, Darren Waller will factor into that equation as a big target, but they need a true X wide receiver on the outside. And Quentin Johnston, and then a little later, Cedric Tillman from Tennessee, they're the only two guys in the top of this draft that possess that ability. If Johnston's on the Giants, does he immediately become their most attractive fantasy weapon uh, in the passing game? I would think I would, so. I'd probably I, still say Darren Waller because the, the tight the, because yeah. the tight end position, sure. you know. But uh, certainly, you, you prefer him to Darius Slayton and Richie yeah. James and Isaiah you know and, and, and Isaiah Hodgins and you know all the, the like a fifty the, wide receivers. Have, exactly, all the guys there. Um, last one for me here is so I'm in a I did a dynasty mock draft, oh, Superflex league with a bunch of other fantasy experts for dynasty league football, and I had the second pick. Bijan went one. So it's a super flex league, which means you play two quarterbacks and against a dynasty mock, just rookies. We just did rookies. So I had the second pick. Bijan goes one. And I took Anthony Richardson because, again, dynasty. I'm not thinking about this year necessarily. I'm thinking about dynasty. And I'm thinking of the quarterbacks, of Bryce Young, of Will Levis, of C.J. Stroud, of Anthony Richardson. Who's got the chance at having the greatest fantasy impact because of not just his arm, but obviously his legs as well. So I went Richardson at two, and the number one quarterback overall, bypassing Young and Stroud. Am I crazy, or do you see that? Not at all. I think I would do the same thing. Honestly, you look at the rushing floor Richardson has, and there was times at Florida where he didn't run enough because I think he wants to prove I could be a deep-throwing pocket passer. He's going to be a monster in the red zone at the next level. When you get inside the 10-yard line, if he goes with a, to a coach that has half of a brain, this guy he's too big. He's too big. He's too fast. Nobody could tackle him. He's going to, he should score double-digit touchdowns in an NFL season on the ground. Yeah. So whatever you get out of him passing, and he's a great deep thrower, I mean elite right. deep thrower, is a bonus. Now, you might have to wait. In Dynasty, you get that luxury. Yeah. He goes to Seattle, and in a year or two, he's throwing to DK Metcalf deep, and he's running, and he's got good tackles, and he's got a reliable running back. Richardson has the highest ceiling, and it's not even close. Yep. Where's he going to go? Because he's been mocked everywhere from three yeah. to a team that would trade up to 23 to the Vikings. Yeah, I think I think he's safely going in the top eight of this okay. draft. I, I mean, I really like – I still like the Colts at four. Shane Steichen, all that work he did with Jalen Hurts, it matches right. meshes well yep. with Richardson. That Seattle fit, though, is just a dream. You get to sit behind Geno for a year, yep. and the reins are yours after a year. You have a good offense. It's a well-structured offense. That's where I, I – I hope it's Seattle, and if I had to guess today, I would say Seattle. Okay. Yeah, like I it. mean, he uh, he's a special dude, and you, you just sort of think about – by the way, you just sort of think about uh, you know somebody like Cam Newton. Like, I would argue that the best goal line runner in the NFL over the last 15 years was Cam Newton. Forget any running back. Like Cam Newton was just so good. You know, when when Cam Newton was Cam, and I think Richardson can be better. He can, he's faster. Yeah, and he there might be a time where he's a better thrower. It's not yet, but he has that kind of potential. So. So top 300 is on NBC Sports Edge. It, my player comps, I have over 30 of them, are NBC Sports Edge. If you're trying to get a feel for these later-round running backs who they're like, player comps are up there. So download Those. the Roto World app to receive breaking player news all season long. Stay ahead of the competition by favoriting players on your roster. Get the latest injury updates, player news, and much more delivered right to your phone. It's available in your app store today. All right, guys. And it's oh, free, and just it's free. like Connor's articles are. On NBCSportsEdge.com or RotoWorld.com. So That's go right. check it out. Check out Connor Rogers' player comps just to give you a sense of, like, if you haven't seen a lot of tape, you don't need to watch a lot of tape on these guys because Connor has. That's the whole point. Did the work for you. Connor's done the work for you. So go look at the player comps, look at all the rankings as well. His top 300s up there as well. If you were in a dynasty league, you got to check out Connor's stuff.
How about some NFL draft big bold predictions? Yeah, here, let's fellows. Do it. Jay, there's no better person I think to start with than you. This okay. is your world. Interesting. Yep. Uh, I think we've got the same best bold prediction, uh, judging by I this like rundown. It. Tyree Wilson is going to go two overall. I think that's the still buzz. Still plus money. Yeah, still plus money. We talked about last show. Tyree first defensive player picked a plus two seventy five. That's now minus one fifty. I still think that that's going to cash. I think he's going to go second overall to Houston. D'Amico Ryan's gets his Nick Bosa uh, in Tyree. Uh, I think it's trending that direction. I think they are going to go defense. I don't think that Davis Mills will be the starting quarterback, but I think they'll address quarterback later, whether that's Hendon Hooker, whether it's Trey Lance or Mac Jones. I think they'll get a different quarterback uh, and not take one at two. So I think Tyree Wilson will go second. I like it. Definitely tailing you on that one. Tyree Wilson will go number two overall in my final mock draft for NBC Sports Edge this week. One from me here. I think Jameer Gibbs sneaks into round one. Now, it's a shame we are the time we're doing this show. That's moved to minus money. When you, two days ago, you could have got this at almost plus 200. That's yeah. how much of a jump we've seen here. There's a lot of buzz around Gibbs going into round one. A lot of excitement about him as not only the second best running back in this class, but a well-worthy round one running back. Barry, where are you going in round one as a prediction? Uh, I think the Packers will take a wide receiver it's about in round time. one. They have, the last time they did it was 2002 when they took Javon Walker. God. And it just, it would be the most Packers thing ever to finally get rid of Aaron Rodgers, who they, they never drafted a first round wide receiver with Rodgers as the quarterback, right? And then here we go. Aaron Rodgers, the first season that they don't have Aaron Rodgers, then they draft a first round wide receiver. So I, that's a one bold prediction. Second one, I'm going to predict that multiple tight ends go in the first round. That's only happened twice since 2006, but as we talked about, Washington and Meyer um, could see those guys there. And maybe There's Kincaid. Couple, and maybe Kincaid yeah. as well. So uh, I think multiple tight ends go in the first round. And then my third bold prediction, and it's not that bold, is that whoever the commanders pick, it'll be, it'll be the wrong guy. <laughs> yeah, and the fifth-year option will be And the fifth-year option. Yes. Uh, and, uh, and, and whoever they pick... Five years from now, they will decline exactly. the fifth-year option on whoever it is they pick. Exactly. A couple other ones from me. I think the Chargers will draft a receiver. That's a plus money. You can bet on that. Hearing a lot of Jordan Addison to the Chargers. I think they'll come out with a guy who can add a deep element to go alongside Keenan Allen and Mike Williams that was sorely lacking last season. And then I think Jalen Carter will end up going to the Seahawks. Uh, I think he'll go in the top six. Uh, I think that I know there are lots of concerns about Jalen Carter. Not sure the Seahawks care. I think they that rarely they, do. Yeah, I think they will draft uh, a guy who you know some people think is maybe the most talented guy in the draft. He, yes, that is for sure. He is the mystery of the draft right now, and where he'll go, everybody's trying to figure out. My last one, I said earlier on the show, I think the Bills trade up in round one. I think Brandon Bean is a very aggressive GM, and why not? You're in a window right now where you are in Super Bowl contention every year. Go get an impact player instead of saving all your picks for depth. What are the odds? For how many quarterbacks go in the first round? So it's four and a half, and I believe the over is minus 160. So, like, Bryce Young, clearly, C.J. Stroud, Will Levis will go first round, Anthony Richardson will go first round. Locks. So it's a bet on Hendon Hooker. Right, going in and, the first so round. Go, and so taking the over is minus 165. Yep, so they think Hooker's range. going in the first round as well. Because I was yep. going to mention that as well, because yep. he's been all over the place. People say he's a second-round pick, he's yeah. a, you know... Um, he's a day two pick. I was going to say that I think Hooker goes in the first round of five quarterbacks get drafted, but does it, sounds like that's not a bold prediction. 
No, but I mean, it's it's not like minus a thousand yeah, or anything. Yeah, it's to be made. I, I think the fact that there's a lot of momentum building on the Texans to take a defensive player, I think that probably bodes well for Hendon Hooker because, I mean, could they take him as high as 12? Probably not. They could probably trade back or maybe they do take him at 12. The one thing is, is they pick again at 33 and that's where he might go too. But I think he'll go in the first round too. I was going to say, I, my prediction is that the Texans do draft a quarterback in the first round. Yep, maybe not a two, but the, I think it feels like at 12... You know they're going to take somebody. Although it does feel that feels high for Hooker, and if the other three guys, if Richardson, Levis, and if the the, the four guys, yeah. you know, if they're all gone by then, which we expect them to be, Stroud, Levis, uh, Richardson, and Bryce Young, obviously, Hooker at twelve. So maybe they trade down. Yeah. What do you think about Hooker? Where where, where do you think he's going to go? I think he's going to go in the first round. And think of this with the Texans: all the extra picks they still have from the Deshaun Watson trade. Yeah. Why not come back up from 33 into round one? This is an underlying fact with Hooker that can oddly help him. He tore his ACL in November. You want that fifth-year option because he's already an older quarterback prospect. He's 25 years old. He has the torn ACL. He's not going to be ready for training camp. You need more team control to maximize that pick. So that is a weird factor that I think actually pushes Hooker into round one where in a normal year, he might go on day two. There you go. Well, listen, one thing I know, it's closing time, which means you don't have to go home. But you can't stay here. We're back on Thursday night for the NFL Draft for Jay Croucher and Connor Rogers. I'm Matthew Barry. We will see you there. Somebody get me some fried chicken. Peace out. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.